following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. As always, I am your anti-busy-faced, revolutionary rock star supernova, humble hosting. Thanks for plugging this into your ears, where each week we get into real talk about real beer and craft brewing in Ireland, coming at you with everything but the kitchen sink. So, this week on the show was originally supposed to be me going down to see uh, Paddy and Dara from Brew Brewery to do the second in the Brewers of Ireland series. But you know what? Fortune favours the brave, ladies and gentlemen. On a Friday before St. Patrick's Day, fortune favoured this brave soul as he ventured all the way down to Trim and County Meath. So I went down to the guys and... Lo and behold, they already have guests in there for Mother Breweries. They had David from the Black Rock Brewing Company over in Scotland who do the Loch Ness brand of beer. And also, we had Cole and Emma from Rascals Brewing. So we were sitting in there and Paddy was like, I don't know, Ian, do you want to actually, do you mind all the guys coming in the podcast? And I'm like, hell, all the kids in the pool, bring everyone in. Let's do a big round table for a podcast and we can do a Brewers of Ireland series again because uh you know it's how many opportunities do you get where there's three brewing companies less than a year old in a room together where you can sit down and chop it up about their experiences in the last year trying to get their breweries off the ground and worrying about their products and all the other headaches hassles and horseshit that goes with setting up your own brewery so I was like hell it's a great opportunity let's do it now my dumbass sitting there, deer in headlights, didn't know whether to shit or wind my watch, nervous as hell because I've got three brewers there who've never done podcasts before, whole new experience to them, we're about, uh, I think about two minutes into the conversation and my dumbass hadn't even pressed the record button, but being the stealthy podcaster that I am, I managed to pick it up just right as we were getting into uh, Dara from Brew Brewery talking about um, what it was like to try and get their uh, their brewery up and running and what their real worries and concerns are as they're starting out. So the start of the conversation was, uh, we just about talked about, as a new brewer, what do you worry about the most and what are your main concerns when you're trying to get out into the market? So let's go and pick it up from where my dumbass managed to save the show and pick it up from where it was. <laughs> And I think keep the quality of product up. And that's the paramount thing for us anyway, to keep it keep the beer as good as it can possibly be all the time. Then people aren't gonna have a bad experience. And they won't just try it once to just that stuff of shit and never try that again. They wanna keep trying it. And they'll, then they'll get a bit of brand recognition. That's how you grow your brand, yeah. I think. And yeah. goodwill only lasts. It only lasts. Yeah, yeah. it only lasts a certain amount of time. If you keep quality up and, and a really good product all the yeah. time, yeah. you then build it up. Get them back for more. So, look, yeah. we've an awful big challenge here. We're in a pub, but we don't expect, like, if we're only doing a keg every, say, once a month, for instance, like, do we say that's the bar, that's the publican's fault? No, it's not. You know, we have to look at ourselves here also and say, right, well, we don't have beer mats in that pub, we don't have maybe 10 cars yet, maybe our, we've only about three classes or something like that. How do we maybe, and even the Facebook, are we doing promos? Are we do, what, what more can we do? I think as an industry, we got to look at ourselves and not 
like the bar people, they just want to pull pints and serve up. You know, that's still, you know. Yeah, we're, we're craft beer can create a relationship. We can get people in here and do a tour in the brewery. And we, we had a night a couple of weeks ago, we had 120 people in here, we had a church choir. It was just great crack. But they all went out and they had the, they had brew in the back of their minds. And when they, if they see our stuff on the shelf somewhere, they'll try it because they had it here and they thought it was great. Now, it might have been that the beer wasn't that great in the night, but it was the whole atmosphere. There was a bit of crack. Mm-hmm. They were literally out of piss up in a brewery. They had a great time and they remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty face in there. It's not like, you know, yeah. you have the brand brew and then you need the lads behind it or you know, also rascals and you're behind it. People like to meet who I think that's the one thing as well is that uh, you can actually then understand the personality in the product as well which makes it become like if you look at the trend in Ireland where you've got artisan food markets uh, popping up like Avoca, a company which you thought like when the boom time suddenly fell off the planet, you thought they were going to go out of business because that was high end market they're growing their stores hugely and they've got like food companies like Poulet Bon Femme opening up sandwich shops in Dublin charging 7 quid for a chicken sandwich like it's insane and then when you go into like craft beer pubs they pointed out in some case you go in and it's like a tenner for a pint in Farrington's for some beers and you're like no one's going to pay a tenner for a pint guess what they are because the as you pointed out goodwill towards the products as in one circumstance number two if you have a problem with the product you can hit someone on the Twitter or on the Facebook and go hey had a pint of stuff wasn't great and you get the feedback straight away as opposed to like if it goes to a a committee in big breweries don't be spreading that message. We don't want bad messages. No, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? You can get the feedback straight away. You can get the relationships. In fact, so you can even turn around and go, hey, come down and talk to us. Have a look at how we brew things and be able to have that relationship. Again, really important. Getting people associated and familiar with the products that they're consuming. Because this isn't like going to Ikea and buying a table. You're buying a product that you're going to consume. And it's a product that, you, frankly, people pay a premium for. And so people want to understand, what am I actually paying for? What am I getting out of this? But as craft beer, just the one thing I always come back to is craft beer drinkers tend to be, I want to try as many craft beers as possible. It's not like, say, Heineken or any of the other beers where you can just like, right, just get as much of that down your throat as you want. I found the beer that I'm drinking. I'm just going to drink this repeatedly, rinse, repeat, night after night or weekend after weekend. Craft beer drinkers tend to be, I want to try as many beers as possible, and then I'll intersperse them with a couple of favourites. The good question then is, how many craft beer drinkers is there in Ireland? Now, we'd love to convert, you know, rather than up, up to Dublin or wherever else is going, and, you know, there's an awful lot more breweries starting up, and, you know, there's a, there's, um, there's a responsibility also for, you know, if we want to keep all other microbreweries established, even ourselves, keep going. We, you know, we've got to get out there and, 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 and convert the people to Meath, convert the people to Loud, convert the people to Westmeath, you know, you guys up there, you're probably going to locate. Well, we're in, in Rathcool, just on the outskirts of Dublin, right, so... We'll be hitting up Kildare anyway, yeah. just as you're trying to get the rural towns around here, so... Yeah, yeah Rathcool's uh, Newcastle for summer. But that, that's it, it's, it's, but it's about, it's it's about support. growing your market. And, yeah, like, yeah. What is it? 0.6% of the Irish market at the moment is craft beer. You can start getting people who aren't your atypical craft beer to see a beer nerd. No offence, That's all right. <laughs> I don't consider myself a beer nerd. I know, but but your guys that know the beer, if you can get your, your average jokes up to just, just open their mind a little bit and mm. say, hold on, this is something different. Because people don't drink the same wine all the time. No. So no. there is that attitude, and wine has done a huge amount for beer. It, it has opened people's palates a little bit and so they can appreciate that there is different flavours and different tastes out there mm. and, and just get them to open their minds a little bit and if, uh, it will happen it's slowly happening as it is like we, we'd be going into two more pubs here in the town of Trim 
next week. These are pubs that there was nothing, only macro beer. And all of a sudden now that one of them will have two taps in, another one will have one tap in of craft beer. And that's the way the market is. People are willing to try it. And the more, more people try it, the more people talk about it. The more people talk about it, the more opportunity there is for everybody. And that's how, as a business, you grow. And it's just trying to do it organically and not cripple yourself with debt. Yeah, well, that's the here, that's the funny thing. I mean, I got introduced to your beers through a mutual friend of ours, Wayne, who does the Irish Beer Snob blog. And uh, he was, it was conversely, was I came down to pick up a glass he picked up for me from Brewdog Manchester, and he's like, "Hey, you should go down to see Roddy in the Malt House." And he said, "While you're down there, ask him to see if they've any of the boys' uh, beer left." After doing their first bottling run, I went down. And he's like. I've none of the bottles left they all cleared out as soon as they were in I, I might be able to get some extra or not but, like, but I'll pour you a couple of the beers and I was just like I'm in and off license right now it's before licensable hours and I'm trying some beers but I'm not paying for it so it's all good <laughs> and I was like but the beers really stood out to me like, I went in to like, pick up like Yank beer as well I was going to like, get some like weird Sierra Nevadas as well I wasn't down there to look at Irish beers soon because Wayne was like hey he's got a huge selection of beers in this little room and he told me the story about the back room uh, for like, oh his mum used to be his mum's room to do like sewing or yeah, it's a sewing room yeah. <laughs> and that's how I got introduced to your beers but like, as it's, like, the months have gone past like, I've seen sort of a, a very much a big change even in your beers just in, in terms of like like last year you were Boyne Valley Brewing and became Brew Brewery after you named I think it was the beer was originally Brew wasn't it? Yeah we were going to do when we started off we were just going to do a lager mm-hmm. um, and we formed a company called Boyne Valley Craft Brewery mm-hmm. and that still is the company where we, we decided then that we wouldn't just call it a lager brew we'd call the entire brewery brew mm-hmm. because it was easy to remember and um, we were just, just, just going from there I don't know, is it a good name? It's a name I like and it's a name I can... It's amazing. It's a simple name. Brew, because it's 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 an Irish word in one respect and then it's it's a really good play on it. That's what you want from an Irish. Well, it works out with the local area here. We're on the River Boyne. We're about, what, we're sitting here about half a mile from the river. Mm. Bruna Boyne is just downstream. It just works with the local area and for for ourselves to grow long term, you, you ultimately have to dream big and dream of the export market and like you're sitting there telling a guy with a lot nice brewery how more export <laughs> export orientated can a brewery get Completely. we're trying to go a little bit a little bit like that as well and we've a, I think we've a good name that we can try and export it's very Irish and it's kind of unique and immediately when you see it you kind of realise it's something to do with beer and then you, you might think it's something to do with Irish beer and you might think it's something to do with mead and it all follows you're starting up like a craft beer brewery, right? Or you're getting involved in one of the start. Like, what in the hell makes you decide one day I'm going to go into one of the most cutthroat businesses in the world, dominated by men in suits whose wallets could crush me from a height? What in the hell would make anyone want to do that? Like, what are the... The love of beer? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's tough work, but it's, it's rewarding. Like, you know, we're, we haven't even done our own first brew yet. I mean, I've been doing like 18 hour days in the past two weeks because I'm still working my day job. But, like, I'm wrecked tired, but... I love it. I love my day job. Get through that, and then I start really working and enjoying the yeah. real work as we call it. But for me, I mean, the challenge is, is is part of it. Like, is the challenge just like the case of like? I really want to do this or is it you see something there where it allows you to add a bit of your personality your flavour and style into it because the one question that invariably comes up from a lot of people is what makes one craft beer different from another and then they then they pull out the example of well Heineken and Budweiser are basically the same damn thing they both taste of absolutely nothing and you can <laughs> So, like, what makes you want to, again, like, the difficulties of getting into it when you think about it, you've got to go through the tax 
implications of trying to get your brewery set up and then you've got to go and try and get capital to go and buy kit or as you guys have done you guys have started like uh, you're basically guest brewing with the guys here yeah. uh, you guys brew have done that as well for Otter Bank as well yeah. and a couple others a couple of others yeah yeah like it's it's really really difficult to get into like that to me would almost seem like it's a it's a mountain to climb it's like you have to, to me it has to be something special to want to they set up a business for anyone who does that that's special just have the will and the heart and the, you know the energy you know start off with that you know and you know you, 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 you get what you want then you know what's the first step in that Mm-hmm. What's the first step in that where you decide, right, that's it, I'm going brewing? You build a business plan. Do business yeah. plan, see if you can afford it, yeah, definitely. Get the business plan, you know, with, with myself and Paddy, then you just disregard the business plan. <laughs> 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 and you, you play it by ear and see what happens. Well, you get your business plan and get your kit, and yeah. after that, find somewhere to put it, and uh, then, then you're into it, start with the revenue and all the paperwork that goes along with it. And, six-to-be-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-
Like, what's the one thing that you're like, I actually wasn't really expecting that, or I expected one thing and I got completely the other? Ginger works in Porter. <laughs> it works exceptionally well in Porter. <laughs> Having sampled it, it was exceptional. <laughs> And chocolate works in ginger porter. Yes, that's uh, that's Which is our next beer. <laughs> that would be incredible because, like, yeah, remember as a kid, like in the eighties, like chocolate covered crystallized ginger. And these these can be these little horrible jars from Fortnum and Masons. Really? As well. Yeah. It's a really weird thing. It was something that like my uh, British relatives used to bring over at Christmas. They'd bring over stuff from Fortnum and Masons, and I get two types of ginger. It'd be little like uh, almost Asian like jars, crystallized ginger, and then these little packets of like chocolate covered crystallized ginger. And as a kid, ginger is kid, you don't want it. <laughs> but it, it's uh, I'm often surprised by like when I'm talking to people like um, Barry over in Fireton's, or if I've talked to Al in Brewdock and. The amount of people who are actually willing to, when they go in, they're faced with beers and they go, Where's the Heineken? And they're looking at this row of taps. And the guy's like, oh, you could, They said they feel like they're rabbit in headlights for it. They're able to, even for those people, it's a bit of a struggle to get people to come over to it. Like, you've got a real, I would say that uh, ginger porter is kind of like a real marmite thing. The ginger is one of those things you either love or you hate. Yeah. And it's real different. Like, that's a real ballsy product to go. That's where I start. That's my start. And people are intrigued by it though. When they see ginger port, they're like, oh, why? What's that? And then like, they'll taste it, like you're saying, but they're love or hate it. But yes, you know, half the people, they love it, I suppose, and they take that. Well, no, what we find is a lot of people yeah. say, just, oh, I don't like ginger. And we're like, go on, try it. And they try it, and they're like, oh, it's lovely. Because mm. it's not a spicy ginger flavor. It's not ginger beer. It's associated with Asian no, it's ginger, foods. Yeah. It's quite different. It's just fresh and kind of zingy. I'm not a big fan of ginger myself, but you get the levels just right. Two of our specials have got ginger and spookiness, Halloween beer and festiveness for Christmas. I mean, right. the Christmas one's got some other spices and stuff on with it as well, but it's just a nice little hint of ginger that comes through in the finish, yeah. and it's great. It's, it's really fresh flavour. Yeah, it's yeah. the flavour of the beer. It really does. Yeah. Do you think there's a limit to the experimentation you can do with beer no when you're talking about something yeah. like that? No way. You can just go where you want. I mean, say you don't have to f- brew a full brew when you do a bit, just do half batches or whatever. And that's, that's where we're laughing with the, with the cask market in the UK is we can, as you say, you get away with it, you do a little bit, you do it as a special. Mm. People yeah, on beer festivals all the time, and if you have to send it to them, you send it to them, it will mature and last in the cask, and eventually we'll get rid of it, it's fine. If, if it's that big, big, big a mistake, you pour it down the drain, you but accept it. But you keep trying, and eventually you come across the one yeah. beer that just goes ballistic. I always, people keep saying to me how do, you, how do you experiment and do stuff like that? how do you know it's going to work and I always say to me as you said earlier it's like cooking when you make a recipe and cooking you know what foods and what ingredients go together if you understand yeah, beer you can't and really works, articulate you why, why it goes like that you just, just know yeah you, can, you, you know roughly if it's going to work or not. it's just trying to get the quantity to right thing more than anything is there a fear when you're sort of a young brewery with that kind of like wanton uh, almost thing to go and experiment with these different types of beers and different flavours that you're quite young that there's a financial thing hanging off the back of it as well and is there ever time where you go I don't think we should like play it safe so we get established and then we can do crazy stuff or is there a thing of like just throw everything to the wind I'm just going crazy because we're young and we've nothing to lose at this point because we're only starting on a journey like where's the balance in that or is there I think we've played it fairly safe from the start we haven't done nothing mad we played it safe because yeah we're probably a bit worried about doing something mad but we're 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 very confident now we can 
throw something out there and it would really succeed. Interesting, you know, and I, I, pipelines we, 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 we can't wait to, to do something a little bit crazy or something yeah. a bit, bit special. Have you got your your core beer sort of to fall back on? That's it. Then. Yeah, yeah. It means work, work on them. Yeah, yeah we're not trying mad stuff at the start. You literally can't afford the ten bags of grain that you're going to try use with the beer. And if, if it doesn't work out, that could be you going to the wall. It's, it's that tight at the start. Mm-hmm. Whereas we the lager at the start, and you know we we, we just like pumping it high. What do we do? And we, you know, you put it out, and you get you know it kind of killed our lager there for a while. You know, but we had to put it out. We had to get the books in. Mm-hmm. Now, now we can nearly see you, you, you can afford to you know if it goes. What's the worst that can happen? I ask about ten bags of grain down the drain. The cost of that. But, uh, yeah, we're being micro. We are small. Like it is only going to be a couple of hundred euro down the drain. It's not going to wreck it if you experiment too far next. So really? I guess you know we should know. Don't put bad beer out there if it's too much of an experiment and too much of a risk. Mm. Have a lot of people try it before you send it out. Because there are some people who are just like. It's never been done before in a beer, so obviously it should be out there. And they want to put it out there because it's never been done before. Because craft beer drinkers, I mean, look at Untapped and its growth in the last year. Like there's like a voracious appetite for people to try weird beers. And you see plenty of people rate beers going, "This is utterly horrible," but I thought it would be sound cool because of what's on the label and what they said the ingredients were. And there's some beers that are just like, this is utterly undrinkable. It's like drinking ashes from an industrial fire for some smoked beers that have gone the utter extreme side of things. And it, it, it just has, has me at a point of ponderancy going, is this the norm for people that they just want to go, just put out bad beer. And then that look at all the other guys like yourselves or anyone else out there and decide, I want to put a bit of love and attention and care into what I'm putting out because I want people to go, holy shit, that's amazing. I, I gave up a, a full-time job to do this. I didn't do this for the crack mm. to go brew crazy nuclear shit that's, that's <laughs> not, not going to work. I, I, I gave up a career in this sort of paddy. Like we we want, to, want to make a product that will absolutely fly. It has to be the best we can do. That's what we do. Every time we brew, we brew to be the best beer we can brew. And, but it also has to be accepted in the market. I think a beer with 80 IBUs... 8% alcohol. I don't think too many lads down the local pub here in Trim are going to drink 12 pints of that on a Saturday night. But you, you can, can try. You can then <laughs> a 4% happy red ale. Mm. They might drink a couple of pints of it and then all of a sudden you can build a business in which you can then do the mad stuff for a bit of crack and, and do it for what it is which is a bit of fun and it creates a little bit of noise about your business and you build your business off the back of the marketing the mad stuff brings you. Mm. But if your business is the mad stuff I don't know how, I don't know how you make a business out of it. I'm still struggling to understand how mad stuff is a business. Well, if you look at, I think Brewdog or Brewdog are a great example. They have their core range, mm. which is like a lot of good beers in their core range, but they do a lot of crazy stuff then, mm. which actually drives their core range ballistic. Because people go to Rodney here in the Malthouse and Trim, they went to him, they can't buy, you know, Sink the Bismarck or any of these crazy beers Brewdog have done, but they can get 5 a.m. Sink, which is their, their core red. And they'll, they'll buy that because it's there, because they know the brand. And it's a very, very well-driven business. It's very, very clever what they're doing. Obviously, every brewery can't emulate that, but you can certainly try. Yeah. <laughs> Not for lack of trying. I mean, I've seen no. some, some really crazy creations. I mean, uh, if you look at, just for example, Metal Man down in Waterford, they had like a... 
ginger and blueberry beer, I believe, last year at the Irish Craft Beer Festival, which my mate was like, oh my God, ginger and blueberries should never go together, and certainly not in the beer. And then there was my mum and dad who went to as well, and they were like, that was like an incredible beer. I was like, well... Blue? Which one? Was it blue? I don't don't know. It was right there. Glycol's blue, and it tastes like blueberries. Haven't tasted it. Yeah, you will. <laughs> you'll, you'll have a pipe burst coming for commander one day, you taste it. Have <laughs> <laughs> you tasted it? Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you will. David, just from like your point of view looking at um, like your own market that you're involved in, I mean you're in a market where you've got like it's uh, the, the running joke for Scottish beer is it of a pint of heavy. And then you've got like brewers like uh, Caledonian are over there, and then you've got Williams Brothers as well, and obviously you've got Brewdog. Um, I mean, like brewing in Scotland is, is is like a ridiculously old industry, and it's, it's sort of more famous for its production of Scotch uh, than anything else. Like, like you've got like a completely different kind of challenge, I would see, um, especially because like Scottish beers, I don't believe travel well down into the more southern parts of the UK because the English uh, tend to be very stuck in their beer styles uh, whether it's Carling Black Label or their really warm beers that they want which are ridiculously too warm yeah. so what, are you, what, what do you face when you're going how do I grow my market here apart from the export stuff which is there but growing your native market to where you can like your brewery gets mentioned in the same vein as like Williams Brothers perhaps um, I think people are getting more receptive. I mean, there's, a, there's a few breweries that we've done beer swaps with, so we'll, we'll send 18 casks down, we'll get 18 casks back. That's quite a good way. I mean, the two brothers, Steve and Alan, that started our business, have got their own pub slash hotel, and have had that for 13 years now, which is a massive help because we can experiment stuff through there, we can do the beer swaps, and we've got a, an outlet to get rid of them without just being stuck with 18 casks of beer. Um, so that's one good way of getting uh, Yorkshire, certainly, and... Um, because we've used some distributors as well, you'll get beers going down to England. We don't even even know where they're going. We just we find out about it through websites like Untapped and stuff. Like mm. people, I've had Loch Ness beer here and there. And again, there's a lot of beer festivals in England as well, so they'll want to try different from beers from all over the UK, and they'll do their research and and again, just gets the brand out there. Once people know, they'll come back for more if they like it. Um, in our immediate area. Obviously, tourism is, is the biggest industry in Scotland anyway, and having the Loch Ness brand is a massive help. Um, through the summer, we, we ship loads of our beer through the through our own pub. The American tourists and that love it. As soon as they see the, the little the little Nessie on there, oh yeah, we'll try that. We'll try the Loch Ness beer. And, mm-hmm. and it's that difficult to be able to use that branding because, like, that would seem to be something like the Scottish uh, trust to be kind of protective of. I, guess, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of law and stuff, but I think branding has to be specific to what you're selling mm. within the beer industry. No one's using it, so we did. Um, we got there. I can't believe no one did it sooner. But <laughs> yeah, actually, when you said it, you're right. I can't believe someone hasn't done that sooner. That's an incredible thing. But like, just to come into talking about like the people who are buying your products or drinking your products and everything else. The first time you got your first commercial batch out there, and the first kind of bits of feedback that you were getting from other people like what did you actually feel when you start getting the feedback for the first time someone was commer- not friends and family because they don't care they'll, they, they'll, they'll say about sugarcoat things but like when you actually someone has paid for your product and they've gotten in touch with you and said I just had tried one of your beers and it was good or bad well, how did that feel? We uh, for our very first outing we went to a beer festival in Dundalk and the very first pint of Rua we served we gave to this guy he took a slow boy, went over to his wife and said, that tastes like rat's piss. <laughs> 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 and 
So, that hurt. That hurt tremendously. But it's, it's been okay. We have a better day since then. But thank God the RDS was the week after. Yeah, we went to the, the craft beer festival that, the RDS survived. the week after, and it was just a revelation, you know, in comparison to to that yeah. the very first outing was we were in a diner that week we wanted to close up the yeah. shop and After, you know, yeah, yeah, we had good belief and you know even though uh, I suppose we were learning how to dispense and learning how to install and there was a few little tweaks there to be done maybe maybe in Navin it was flat maybe for a for, for, for a bit there but but um, it's all part of the learning. But it was all learning. We, Sherlock, we've done everything from, from the ground up. So we, we, we've learned how to brew it. We've learned how to dispense it. We, we've done absolutely everything. And we've made a hell of a lot of mistakes. And we're still making mistakes. Uh, I dread sending Paddy to do the insult because he generally... He'd, he'd try and fix it. I'm the only here in this room. He'd, he'd do everything. He's a disaster. Are you talking about installs there? Um, recently in Ireland, we've got the, uh, James Wynan and Vanguard have yeah. recently mm-hmm. set up, which I always think is like sending your guy out to park tanks on the lawn of uh, of brew of sort of pubs in Ireland and some of the brew pubs as well to go hey there's other producers out here and I'll come out and I'll fit all the stuff and do the things like Guinness's quality team and all the rest of these guys that you should go out and do how much of a sort of a boon is that for brewers like yourselves who are trying to get out and go I can't go I haven't got time to go and install like taps in like six pubs I've got stuff to get done there's only two of us in the business doing it well I think it's you just have to learn how to do it yourself like we're faced with that now okay will we get a distributor or will we learn it ourselves we're going to learn it ourselves firstly you get a lot more money for your product rather than going through a distributor and then it's just another part of the process you need to know how to do it but even simple things like setting yourself up at a beer festival you, yeah. you have to be able to do things yeah, yeah. You, you should know your product from start to finish like you, the minute it needs your brewery and if there's an issue down the pub and that guy rings you because the distributor ain't going to be a help there at all you should be able to say well Cooler this or cooler that or you know whatever. I guess it is kind of difficult to learn how to do it. There's no training really. You learn the hard way. Yeah, learn from each other too, which is brilliant. You know, when you guys here and say this that and you're watching it is and just suggest off each other what what to do, which is great. And the whole industry's like that. We we found because we're so new, like any brewer that we approach about anything, even at the I'll take beer festival, I'll be in trouble. Uh, hook you up a second tap because we were so busy on the second day and the white chipsy come over five minutes he'd have done for me and it was, it was great that's the one thing which seems to be very common in the like craft brewing communities uh, around the world especially in the US that brewers all will talk to each other will help each other or someone go hey listen I'm short of this this grade I know you guys have a stock that any chance you can stand me a bag or two bags or whatever it is and it happens mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that wouldn't that doesn't happen the other level of it because we all understand like you know as individuals we all kind of nearly fall over that small but like when we each help ourselves you know we can't be knocked over by the big by the by the big guy you know? mm. we're, we're, we're as, a, as a group we're here to to and on, to on that point if anyone has any brown mold at the minute we're <laughs> very short of brown mold oh, and we need to get the podcast we're, out we're making an order probably today yeah. so by the very nature of small craft breweries no one is a threat to you because that's what it is isn't it it's small yeah. businesses so that you're never going to dominate and you have to work together I think it's we're, on, yeah. we're all on that 1% you know, if we're yeah. dealing with each other we're only yeah. a percentage yeah. on that 1% again like so yeah. do you if you look at the just 
just want to wrap this up and just get into the last couple of things with this. If you look at Ireland, the beer lobby in this country consists of guys and the big boys going into government buildings. There is no one, it seems, for craft beer brewers in this country able to go in and have those same conversations and be able to say, hey, we have product, or even going to people like uh, Board Beer or Enterprise Ireland and go, hey, we've got stuff which we can actually ship across because Irish, there's guys in this country bottling Irish air and sending it to the States, guys sending Irish turf in boxes to the States, and these guys are able to get assistance, what the hell? Like, it, there, there, there seems to be just that small little thing which is just missing to help Irish craft beer brewers get that step up. In the US, they've got the Brewers Association, which, like, Sam Calagione from Dogfish Head is a part of, Dale from just Dale's Pale Ale, all these guys are part of. There's nothing seemingly here there, for that. There, there is, there is. It doesn't appear that way. Pipeline. There is, um, is, it, is it between Seamus O'Hara and, and Kulon and White Gypsy. Mm. I know they're going to head they're heading something and there's, there's, there's talk going on anyhow and there's also the Beer Ireland I know the Beer Ireland will be cooperative and they hope to to um, maybe get all those guys to, 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 to kind of form a cooperative together for buying ingredients kind of thing but for the for the lobbying there will be that that other group the Cool On Stroke Seamus group now I, I'm not too sure like, yeah, they are too established I know there's I've heard it through the great um, they had a stand at the Altec uh, Metal Man would be a part of it I think 8 Degrees Trouble the guys who probably came in just ahead of everyone else. a couple of years ahead yeah. of us newbies so I was speaking to Ronnie Metal Man and they are lobbying like they currently have a case gone into the Department of Justice to try and change it all so you can sell beer on your on site mm. so at least generate a lot more tourism and sales on site for your beer just like in America do you know where you can come on and drink in the brewery and tap room. yeah exactly tap room. Uh, so. that's the, the, the ground we try genuinely here we do a few tours we can't actually sell any of the beer so we have to give away the beer we have to then really keep a close eye on what we're giving away and make sure we make our duty return to revenue and for that we don't you risk your entire business on it so you're trying to grow your business on one hand and on the other hand you're trying to balance very carefully keeping your business legitimate and upright and upfront. And it's just not easy to do. Whereas if you could sell a beer from the premises here, it'd be a great boost. Can you even sell online in this country for your beer? No. Unless you have part of an off-license license. Which yeah. Now, you could partner with an off-license yeah. and do it that way. But again, who has the time and who, who can do all the paperwork? <laughs> Um, so the last question I'm going to ask if we can wrap this thing up and put it to bed and they can stick it out and maybe tonight before I get out and go bearing in town uh, is that brown, brown walk by Monday yeah so <laughs> <laughs> don't worry I'll include the address on the podcast post as well so they know exactly where to go and send it and drop off to do it is when you go home at the end of a day uh, from you know, work where you're working on your brewery working on your next beers and everything else how do you go? What? What? Number one, what beer is it that you go and drink? And apart from your own ones, and number two, what's the sort of the last thing that's on your mind before you like, decide to go in the next day and then like rinse, repeat, or go in to do new stuff? Well, the first thing I said is home at the end of the day. That hasn't happened to me yet. Anyway. <laughs> I haven't got home at the end of the day yet. Uh, it's generally late in the night. Uh, I go home and I worry about uh, things like head retention. Uh, how high our beer is pouring. We're trying to nitrogenize our stout and I worry about things like that. Uh, and what I try and drink is I'm a big, big fan of hoppy beers. So I will root out hoppy stuff. Um, and I, I have to admit, I keep falling back on our own stuff. I love our own stuff at the minute. Um, our, our red ale is like, well, really, really good with food. And I know. when I go home and 
my long suffering girlfriend has cooked me a nice Thai curry or something, it just works really well. You sleep, go to sleep easy then after that. <laughs> For you guys, you're like, we're, you're just about to like, you can try to get in the process of putting your own kid in place. Mm. Very, we're pretty much done now, told her uh, to kill up. Next, next weekend, we're going to do our first brew, yeah. we'll have one mile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should be brewing next weekend, yeah. Yeah, that's a plan, But uh, like you're saying, there, what we do to go home and relax, we, we haven't had a proper drink in, in ages, like, you know. Yeah, but, but we're drinking less and less, we're socialising less and less, just because working full time, setting up the very full time. So we might buy one bottle, sit down, drink it, analyse, and go, oh, can we make that? Can we do something like that? Yeah. And then. Yeah, you actually can't sit and enjoy a drink because it's no. pure no. analysing it once and then it walks is that research. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, I could do something like that. So beer becomes like less of the enjoyment, it's more R&D constantly as opposed to outside. Yeah, yeah. Take yourselves away from it. Yeah. yeah. Give yourself one day a week at least. Well, we're going drinking, well, I'm going right. drinking tomorrow night for the wrong day, so that's my What are you going drinking? Yeah. Uh, no, no, somewhere in Ranla, probably, with Sorley, so... Oh, you're the tapos. You're deflecting the question of what are you going to drink? Uh, uh, pub, which has craft beer, so that was what I said, Sorley's anything. I think he was angry for you to say brew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're in Ranla, I'm saying. Ruin it. David, what about you? Say so again, because we've got our own pub there, it's quite nice, we can at the end of the day go and have a little post-work pint. If, if we've got a fresh batch of beer, let's say we've just moved on to live yeast. So the other day we had the first casks went on them just to see what it was like, and we've had trouble with our beer settling quick enough again with, with the cask market. People are wanting more and more out of you now, higher standards, wanting to settle like that. And um, and this stuff, it did itself straight away, and it was tasting great. So it's nice to try your own beer, but again, it's nice to try other ones as well. Every now and again, we'll do like a bottle of beer tasting. We'll I'm, I'm, a, I'm a stout, I brewed my, my brew off and I installed my tap in the house there and I have a 50 litre keg under the sink <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that and I've drunk about 20 litres of it already in the week <laughs> thanks, thanks. 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 Twitter and Facebook. Our, our website's under construction at the moment. Still haven't got that up and running, but yeah. And uh, I suppose Rascals Brewery, Brewing at gmail.com. Is our email? Is our email address? And David for again, yes, same sort of things. Twitter and and Facebook mm-hmm. at Loch Ness Brewery. The Ben Lever is the name of the hotel. It's got its own website there, so you can find us somewhere. And to my host, yeah. <laughs> www brewbrewery.ie and there's a brewbrewery meme on Facebook and at brewbery on Twitter Twitter yeah yeah Dara's the Twitter man so there's and Paddy Mortiplay on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> always good to know yeah. I want to thank everyone for giving me their time this afternoon I know everyone's really busy you guys are trying to set up your brewery you're trying to go and uh, travel somewhere and you guys have got a shit ton of work to do as well so thank you all so that was yesterday's trip down to Brewer Brewery. I really hope you guys dig the podcast. You should definitely check out beers by these three brewers. If you are one of those people who in the last couple of months has lived under a rock and you have kept seeing the Rascals Ginger Porter in Farrington's or somewhere else and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Stop it right now. Go and try the beer. You will love the shit out of it. It's an incredible beer. If you haven't tried any of the three beers 
by Padre Gandara from Brew either their Re IPA, their Rue, which is their Red Ale, amazing beer, or their uh, Dove Nitro Stout from a bottle. Go and fucking try it out. Get your ass to a super value and get yourself a bottle of each of them and try them out. And I'd recommend, by the way, with the Dove, uh, go onto YouTube and watch Paddy's video for how you poured their nitro stout from the bottle. It's incredible. Every time I watch it, it still cracks me up because I always think the bottle's going to go from his hand. And uh, when I heard the story yesterday about when they were making the video for it, it, it actually makes it even better. And hopefully, I really hope we're going to see some of the uh, Black Rock. Uh, brewery beers coming over here like from Loch Ness I really hope we're going to see them I tried their Hoppy ne- uh, what was it Light Ness beer yesterday uh, utterly incredible like ridiculously crystal clear beer um, but beautiful citra flavours in there and uh, I think at this stage my love of citra is um, pretty well known I would say and that sounds like last orders for the show Thanks once again for joining us here on the 11pm Somewhere podcast. Remember, each week we've got new episodes of the show available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So hey, why not head over and drop us a review and a rating because it helps the show climb the ladder to podcast charts and dominate things. And remember, you can always hit the show up on the Twitter machines at 11pm Somewhere. So until next time, I've been me, you've been you. And shit, i got to go before they kick me out. Cheers to you.